0: Welcome to Pharma Talk Radio, I'm Valerie Bowling. Each year, we present the POD Conference, which stands for Partnership Opportunities in Drug Delivery. So we're going into our 11th year this October, and we feature information on the latest partnerships, and we scan the needs of industry uh, today and for tomorrow's R&D needs, and we provide access to a wide range of drug delivery technologies, modalities. And so our chair for the past 11 years, Dr. Barbara Lukel, provided this wonderful 10-year review in 2020 of drug Drug delivery technologies looking back at all types of modalities, you know, from small molecules, uh, proteins, peptides, uh, antibodies, right to the explosion of cell therapies and gene therapies. And she covers just how much drug delivery has impacted patients' lives. So enjoy this 10 year review in drug delivery technologies, and we hope to see you at Pod 2021 this October, either in person or virtually. So it is my pleasure to present Dr. Barbara Lucal, Global Head of Research Technologies Partnering at Roche Pharma Partnering. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. And thanks for the very nice intro to the organizers. It's uh, wonderful to be back. It's sad we aren't in the same room as normally, we don't have these bump into each other catalyzing conversations, but I do hope we can really uh, connect um, in spirit and I will show you uh, and you hopefully get inspired by how much drug delivery has already impacted so many patients' lives and with all the knowledge and tools that we have to date, uh, we will certainly um, continue to do so um, going forward. So this being a 10th anniversary gave me the opportunity to actually look back 10 years in time um, and just uh, actually reflecting on the types of modalities that were approved back then in 2011, which were obviously small molecules, um, proteins, peptides, antibodies, about uh, roughly 30, one being antibody drug conjugates, and and one antisense oligo already withdrawn because the medical need had disappeared, um, HIV related. Now, fast forwarding to 2020, obviously, we still have those types of modalities, uh, many more approved in those uh, categories, but we also do have very exciting new um, modalities approved that uh, bring with them. Um, additional drug delivery needs. Um, One being the area of oligonucleotides of which we have now six approved antisense oligos um, and also two approved saRNA molecules which many more in the pipeline. Now, um, more than 10 years back, this was actually an area where many um, big pharma rushed into uh, but also exited rather quickly because there was a big promise for these molecules. They could be synthesized, while having um, the great um, selectivity of biologics, they would have a long duration of action once they were in the cell, they had the risk of low drug-drug interactions and a few more promises. But they also had many downsides, poor PK, poor stability, uh, low potency, um, a a real challenge to get to the right tissues and uh, for sRNA also to get into cells, immune stimulation of target talks. So this required really stamina to overcome those hurdles. And uh, by now, um, the field has shown that they can be overcome, um, not just through improved chemistry for the nucleotide monomers, but also very excitingly through conjugation approaches and you will see um, more going forward. There's also by now an oncolytic virus as a novel modality approved in cancer. And then um, the areas of cell therapy and gene therapy are literally exploding. So just one look on the um, cell therapy landscape. And this isn't meant to be by any means exhaustive. But if you go back to 2011, uh, we had uh, for blood cancers, a few investigants investigate. They're sponsored um, uh, CAR-T trials. Um, The alliance between UPenn and Novartis was actually just forged one year later in 2012. That led to the approval of Kimria. And now fast forwarding to 2020, you have uh, two products approved and just an enormous number of other products, almost 1,500 cell therapy-based programs, anything from preclinical to um, late stage clinical um, development. And you also see that the range of cell modalities has um, vastly expanded from the autologous CAR-T space to off-the-shelf allogeneic formats and many more cells that offer additional advantages. So it will be very exciting to see which innovation for cancer patients comes from this booming field. Now, I will take you one by one uh, from 2011 to now through a few drug delivery highlights in the FDA-approved products. In 2011, there's one to highlight that was actually um, developed within Roche, uh, where um, the in-license of a as a BRAF inhibitor required um, the development of a process called microprecipitated bulk powder. And this was required because this drug is very insoluble. The only solvent that gets you anywhere is DMA. So what scientists figured out was to dissolve polymer and drug in that solvent and then precipitate that uh, polymer drug mixture with cold acidified water. The precipitate had to be washed and then finally dried to yield a stable powder to be compressible into tablets. And that enabled that drug to reach its uh, therapeutically relevant levels in patients and change um, how we can treat um, uh, melanoma. Um, So the approval of um, a different type of liposome um, incorporating a drug named vincristine, which had been on the market for um, a long time, Um, and uh, now it was approved for a certain ALL um, indication. And the special thing here is that the liposome is made up of sphingomyelin and cholesterol, encapsulating the drug such that it would release the drug over extended period of time in the bloodstream. In the oral field, uh, we also had exciting innovation with the first fixed dose combination that actually contained four drugs at the same time, enabling HIV patient to really just swallow one tablet. And another drug important um, in the osteoporosis field, alendronate sodium, uh, was um, approved in a format um, of an effervescent tablet, which is probably rather unusual, but it was a great innovation because it obviously helps patients that have a difficulty swallowing. Last but not least, in the uh, type 2 diabetes field, uh, which is a field of big medical need, we saw the approval of the first once-weekly product based on the peptide exanatide. It was um, based on a, a known format, the PLGA microparticles, and had to come with the more um, um, not-so-convenient um, Elements to resuspend the particles in a vial and draw it up in a syringe and administer it to patients. So this was actually a great basis for really extensive lifecycle management where two years later, um, the company brought pen to the market, which still required a few more extensive reconstitution um, steps. Um, And then another three years later, actually an auto injector where the patient only needs to um, shake uh, the device for about 15 minutes um, up and down, and then it's ready to uh, readily be administered. Um, 2013, um, so great innovation in the inhalation space with the um, Ellipta inhaler following the Discus one um, and two, two drug combination products being approved. Now this inhaler had uh, double the amount of um, parts in it, 28 compared to the previous generation. Um, and um, this innovation was required because of the many functions that have to be performed by this device, which is to advance one blister per strip and align it with the mouthpiece, um, then peel off the foil so the drug is being exposed, then collect the used portion of the foil, Um, Also advance the dose counter and provide an audible click once the actuation stroke um, had been uh, completed. Now, this has become a very um, successful inhaler with also the first triple drug product approved in 2017, uh, the Trilogy Ellipta. And great innovation for asthma and CPD patients. Now, 2013 also saw, um, at least in the US, not so in Europe, the 1st Gapmar GAPMA-based antisense oligonucleotide approved uh, for um, a rare disease. Now, here, the innovation is actually in the molecule itself, and the formulation is actually pretty simple. It's just an aqueous solution of 200 milligram of this um, oligo um, in water that can be administered directly, subcutaneously, and enables once-weekly injections. 2014, um, so another exciting approval um, with the Afrezza insulin inhaler. As many of you will remember, um, Pfizer had brought a really bulky device to the market that was withdrawn um, for that um, bulkiness uh, reason. Um, and this one here is obviously very small and it's also based on a very innovative, novel technology with a unique carrier called Fumaril diketopiperazine. And its crystals assemble to a porous particle and also enable a large surface size for the protein insulin to be absorbed and thereby um, uh, reach uh, deep areas of the lung, uh, lead to rapid um, delivery of insulin to the bloodstream and also a more rapid decay from the bloodstream compared to sub-Q. So this was an ideal mealtime insulin inhaler and it is still on the market. Um, 2014 also saw the first use of the enhanced technology, of which you will hear more throughout the conference, using an enzyme called hyaluronidase to literally make space in the subcutaneous space for large volumes, in this case, um, um, a uh, IgG um, formulation. And for this product, the enzyme and the drug were still separated, and you see how this changes already with the next product based on this technology. Uh, We also saw another um, uh, innovation in once weekly um, administration for type 2 diabetes. Uh, This time around, not through a formulation principle, but uh, basically a recombinant fusion uh, one where the glip one analogues were fused to an IgG4-FC domain and uh, provided as a pen culturalicity to patients, again, once weekly injection. And last but not least, another depot product making it to the market, again, based on PLGA microspheres. Once-monthly delivery of a somatostatin analog, pasireotide uh, for acromegaly, initially approved, um, and this time around um, as a pomoate salt and not like octreotide, its predecessor, as an acetate salt. Um, 2015 um, had more um, innovation in the depot space um notably for schizophrenia where compliance for patients is a real issue um there was a product approved in 2009 called Invega Trinza uh, uh called, sorry called Invega Sustenna and that was based on the nanocrystal technology and had basically uh, crystals of the paliperidone palmitate drug um so um Invega Sustenna um, was being um initially approved for once monthly um delivery and um the um the company tried to enhance the the dosage interval and in this case adding a larger fraction of a larger particle size uh, to the original nanocrystal based um product um and thereby actually um prolonging the injection interval to only every 3 months now another formulation um it, for that very same indication space is actually based um on a prodrug technology where the drug aripiprazole is being um uh, provided as a fatty acid that is conjugated through a linker as a non-ester prodrug, which is slowly hydrolyzing over time to provide uh, once-monthly or two-monthly release of that antipsychotic. Now, the downside of this approach was that it still required oral overlap, and patients had to take a tablet for about um, three weeks um, together with um, after the injection of this depot. And in order to just move to a single day um, administration procedure, um, what this company did is um, also, again, based on the nanocrystal technology, um, developed what's called Aristata Initio. So now the patient gets one tablet, one initio, and the regular depot, and um, can wait for the next injection for another one or two months. And no extra tablets required. And last but not least, we saw the oncolytic virus approved uh, in that year, which is an um, attenuated HSV um, 1, um, engineered to express GMCSF. And this one still requires interlesional administration for melanoma. And right now, there's lots of innovation in that space where people try to find oncolytic viruses that can be administered um, systemically. Um, additional innovation in 2015 was a lot in the oral space, uh, and Tresto is a um, heart failure drug. Um, it's actually not just a two-drug fixed dose combination, but it's based on the principle of co-crystals, where in this case the two drugs are part of the same crystal lattice, and this co-crystal approach is very useful to engineer byproducts products of drugs like poor solubility. And um, Uh, Up to to date, we have five co-crystal products approved by the FDA. Another exciting approach was the 3D printing um, using um, Apresia's ZipDose technology. And the 3D printing of this particular drug for um, seizures um, allowed a very porous tablet that when you put it on your tongue, which is a sip of water, it will dissolve extremely rapidly. And again, you can very easily swallow. And the exciting piece of this is that this is actually enabling a really large dose up to one gram. We also had the first buccal film um, approved for buprenorphine, chronic pain management. This is a drug that is more on the low dose side, so um, smaller than one milligram. Uh, it's dispersed in the BEMA film by Biodelivery Sciences. Um, put to your cheek, it dissolves in 30 minutes and brings the drug to the bloodstream that way. And last but not least, we had another pegylated liposome enhanced the um, uh, toolbox for um, uh, to treat cancer, incorporating the topoisomerase inhibitor irinotecan. In 2016, we had a very interesting device being approved based on the company Optinose. Um, the uh, drug that is administered sumatriptane for migraine. And um, patients with migraine have also uh, phyros and nauseous, have troubles um, Uh, swallowing. Uh, so administering the drug to the nose was a great idea, uh, but very often what you put to the nose uh, will also end up in your throat and you end up swallowing it and you do not get all the dose. So this particular device, the patient blows in, thereby seals off the nose from your throat. And so the, the drug can really reach the deep areas of the nose, the rich vasculature and get to the bloodstream. This year also saw the approval of what one calls a patch pump or an on-body infuser for um, once-monthly sub-Q administration of the anti-PCSK9 antibody. And this infuser was required because the volume was actually larger than the two milliliters maximum that can be applied through regular auto-injectors. And this is um, a nice progress because it replaced um, the biweekly pen. And this is just a nine-minute procedure. Again more innovation in the sustained release field um again for buprenorphine where um based on the eva polymer uh, you had a, a depot formulation that is deposited um, subdermally and allows dosing only every 6 months and this is actually more for the maintenance treatment of opioid dependence and last but not least uh, granizotron, which is an anti-emetic drug for chemotherapy induced um and nausea is provided in this um, pre syringe. Um, it's a quite viscous liquid in there based on a very special um, solvent called polyethylene glycol monomethyl ether. And besides the drug, you also have an exciting piece of innovation in terms of the polymer that was used because it was a fourth generation polyorthoester and that enabled uh, that the drug uh, was sustained um, at the right levels for um, at least up to seven days. Now, 2017 was very exciting because it saw the very first gene therapy approved, an AAV2-based subretinal injection providing a functional copy of the RPE65 uh, gene for an inherited form of um, vision loss that uh, in some patients also leads to blindness. And the gene therapy field um, is obviously a field right now of um enormous innovation. And in one way, you can also look at the viral capsid that is used to deliver the transgene to enable protein expression as a drug delivery vehicle. And there's lots of innovation ongoing right now to find novel capsids that enable um, tissue-specific delivery. So we can broaden the application of gene therapy with the hope to cure more diseases. So two other gene therapy products were approved, the CAR-T, pro, uh, the CAR-T um, cell therapy um, products, Cumria and Yaskarta, where the gene therapy approach is actually applied ex vivo. Uh, so a patient's T cells are being taken and then engineered to express the chimeric antigen receptor that will recognize CD19 on cancerous B cells and upon expansion, reinfused to the patient. And uh, finally, um, this was now the year to approve the very first co-formulation of an oncology antibody with the hyaluronidase enzyme that forms the basis of the enhanced technology, which led to the subcutaneous injection of up to 13.4 milliliters in a matter of minutes, as opposed to having the patient sit for longer hours in an infusion chair. Um, additional sustained release innovation um, that we saw happening and being approved in this year was again for buprenorphine uh, using a technology, um, the Atrogel technology, that was used long time ago, 2002, when Eligard, um, based on the luprolite peptide, was approved. And it's uh, based on NMP in which the PLGA um, polymer is being dissolved and it leads upon sub-Q injection to in-situ gelling and sustained release this has been by now used again uh, for another schizophrenia product uh, for risperidone, uh, risperidone named Perceris. And again, another innovation for type 2 diabetes, enabling once weekly um, sub-q administration, And in this case, uh, using a novel principle where the GLIB1 modified peptide was linked to a very, through a very carefully engineered linker, the gamma glue OEP linker to a D fatty acid. And why that? Uh, the D fatty acid is um, meant to bind to albumin, which leads to prolonged circulation in plasma. And the linker makes sure that the albumin binding is not interfering with the high affinity of the peptide to the GLIP1 receptor. Um, 2018 finally saw the first approval of an SARNA. Um, modality. Uh, This is a duplex, highly negatively charged, uh, doesn't make its way on its own into the cell. So, um, anilum had to work really hard to find a lipid nanoparticle formulation that was enabling intracellular delivery of that modality. Um, now, LNP also mean that you have to now give the product intravenously, which is different to um, oligonucleotides, uh, which can be injected subcutaneously. And for the very same indication, actually that year, inotericin was also approved as an oligo representative. Now, the special innovation in this LNP is something that kept the field um, really on its feet for a long time, which is the development and identification of a safe cationic lipid that led to this stable SARNA formulation. Excitingly, we also saw uh, the approval of a first peptide targeted radionuclide therapy. And uh, on Inbregia, um, an inhalation a product for Parkinson, you'll hear more in our next session. Um, last but not least, another innovation for the inhalation space when Astra had acquired Perth Aerosphere technology, which is a um, phosphatidricoline-based um, particle technology that enable the drug crystals to be very nicely adsorbed to them and uh, be uh, dispersed in the HFA propellant. And this has also proven to be a nice platform technology because just this year, also the first triple drug Uh, product uh, based on this aerosphere technology um, has been approved for um, COPD. Now, 2019 already saw the second srna product approved and this time around actually for subcutaneous administration. That was enabled by moving away from lipid nanoparticles, uh, to a conjugation approach where the sense strand is actually conjugated to the triantenary N-acetylglucosamine moiety and that Galnag moiety binds to the ASGPR receptor on liver cells, it is present there in high abundance and thereby enables a really efficient uptake of saRNA into hepatocytes for saRNA to do its silencing um, job. And there's a large phase three um, pipeline right now based on this principle, including for an anti-PCSK9 saRNA, which would eventually um, lead to only two injections of this modality um, for this uh, target PCSK9 per year. A second antibody, um, Herceptin, was co-formulated uh, with the enhanced um, enzyme and um, and thereby enabled conversion from IV to sub-Q. And very excitingly, also the very first um, oral type 2 diabetes peptide approval um based on semaglutide and a very well-known enhancer called Snack. It's from the Emisphere portfolio. It's actually um, known for a really long time, actually almost two decades. And what is exciting about this dosage form is that um, um, it enables the um, absorption of the peptide from the stomach through the gastric mucosa Um, and um, it's it requires 300 milligram of this enhancer more of this enhancer doesn't help and if you combine it with other drugs like liraglutide it also doesn't provide the right um, drug levels so a great innovation for type 2 diabetes and oral peptide drug um, I think I see Valerie, so I will skip a little bit forward. Um, I thought I had a bit more time, uh, 30 you minutes. Have one minute, Barbara. We're actually
0: one minute late, so if I can ask you to um, move to 2020 and, we- and then we'll wrap up.
1: Okay, 2020. Um, um, exciting innovation to help, again, patients who have um, who need dosage forms that are easy to swallow. Um if RISD is a small molecule um, splice modifier, exciting mechanism, but it's used in patients from two months old onwards. So um we needed to develop this is Roche developing a granule formulation that is redispersed into a solution so actually babies can swallow it. Great innovation for SMA patients. Uh, Two additional enhanced product approved and also a once-weekly human growth hormone, again, based on the fatty acid linker conjugation technology. And last but not least, an important drug emergency use approval for remdesivir for our um, SARS-CoV-2 virus enabled by the Captizol excipient. So, um, in the slides that will be shared after the conference, I did share a few thoughts on um, the value of platform technology we have seen through at least the last decade and how the field is pushing forward from oral modified release even to once weekly. Um, And you've seen quite a number of technologies um, providing numerous approved drug products, including Halozymes-enhanced technology. Uh, Conjugation has played a really big role. we have 30
0: seconds (laughs)
1: Yes. Um over formulation. I think it's just really interesting to, to reflect on this. And then last but not least, for the non parental delivery of biologics, I think what the field has shown, despite two decades of work, to um, stay more on the peptide small size, inhalation has proven successful with one product, and now with Ribelsus also, or a peptide delivery. And there is really inspiring innovation going on um, through collaborations, uh, for example, between Novo and the MIT. Uh, using a turtle as an inspiration for a novel way to deliver peptides through the stomach. Okay, so with that, I am at the end of my reflections for the last decade and how drug delivery impacted um, the benefit for patients.
0: Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you at POD 2021 this October, either in person or virtually. For more information, visit theconferenceforum.org. Again, that's theconferenceforum.org. Thank you.
1: Other strategies talking about and producing online